I just want to say, I'm, and some people might say this is a cliche, hear a lot of preachers say this, but I'm very honored. I'm very honored that I get to preach. And uh, I thank God that I, I have a home church. I feel comfortable. But it's still, it's a, it's a scary thing to preach. And uh, it's preaching God's word and and I, I want to make sure I do it right, and I, I do it the way God wants me to, and I was praying today. I've actually been praying all week that He'd help me to preach what He wants me to preach, and aren't you glad for messages? I've got a lot of sermons. I was looking at it today, and uh, I have my Bible case. I don't throw those things away <clears throat> that you, they put the new Bibles in. I had a Bible case full of sermons and, and uh, how to cook chicken, <laughs> too. I don't know why it was in there. But uh, I had a lot of sermons, but God's given me some messages that's helped me. And uh, I've been thinking about this, I've been meditating on it, been praying about it, and God wants me to preach this tonight. But we'll be in Daniel chapter 3, if you're there, say amen. If you'll help me, most preachers say, um, say amen me, and we'll be out of here quickly, Why? Y'all amen me, please, and I'll preach longer in ten minutes. <laughs> so y'all help me there. <laughs> I ain't going to ask y'all to stand. I'm going to read this whole chapter. <clears throat> we'll start in verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together into the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, whole people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. I'm going to stop right there and don't that sound like today? Uh, we do have uh, 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 gods, little g gods in this hour that we live in. And everybody, what, let's go ahead and call out one, evolution. Uh, I was thinking about that today, evolution. And there's so many other gods that people want you to worship and our government want us to worship. Let's keep on reading. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the coronet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. If you don't know what's going on, Nebuchadnezzar set up a little G. And asked everybody in that nation to uh, worship that golden image. Verse 8 says, Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans 
came near and accused the Jews. I just want to go ahead and stop right there and say, they, they said certain Jews, them Jews, you know, the people knew what them Jews were back in the day. They knew that they were the nation of Israel, and they knew that they had a God, a holy God in heaven that was protecting them. And they knew these Jews. Let's keep reading. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that, that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship that he should be cast into the midst of a fiery burnt furnace, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I'm going to just keep on doing this. God has given me a lot of great thoughts. And I just want to go ahead and say right there, if you'll read in the beginning of the book of Daniel, uh, it said that God, they were being prepared to come before kings and princes. And that's what God does in us, with us, with church. And if you show up to church and you get fed and, and God will prepare you for things and prepare you to, to know how to witness to somebody and know how to encourage somebody and, and know how to be a blessing to somebody. <clears throat> Where are we at? <laughs> Verse 13, The Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do, ye not, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, he gives them another chance, says, Go ahead, I'll give you one more chance. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Hold Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if, it not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it, than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty uh, men wherein, wherein his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the first furnace was exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast these three men... Uh, these three men bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said unto him, The king drew, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. 
like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of, the, uh, smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to preach. Lord, I had so many great thoughts that you showed me. Lord, help me. I pray and ask you, Lord, help me to stay on topic. Lord, let me be submissive to you, God. Let me say what you want me to say, no more and no less, God. I pray, Lord, when you're done, God, that I'd sit down. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd, uh, Lord, help my tongue. Lord, help me, Lord, to preach your word in truth, God. And I pray, Lord, that we'd all incline our hearts to you, God, this, this evening. Lord, I love you, and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach on something, and there's, I've, I've studied this. And I've studied in many different ways, and I didn't know which way to go. And, and I think about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, uh, how f- uh, such a faithful men, uh, faithful men that were willing to go into the fiery furnace and uh, die for the cause of Christ. And uh, I think about that. And I think about uh, so many other things like their faith. You can see, definitely see these men's faith and how faithful they were to serve God and not to turn around and worship these other gods. And I think about that. There's so many other ways. But I want to preach on one thought tonight. And this is... Can sinners see Jesus in your fiery trial? As Christians, we are supposed to be an example. As Christians, we're supposed to be uh, different from this world. God, when He saved us, He did not save me and leave me alone. But when God saved me, He did a work in my heart. He did something in my heart that made me not want to sin no more. And when I come short of the glory of God, I fall down on my knees and I pray that God, uh, I confess to God and I repent because I don't want to live like that no more. And I found that there's something different about being a Christian. The whole world, the whole country bowed down, the whole nation bowed down that day and worshipped this image. That's what I want to preach on. Can sinners see Jesus in your fiery trial? We all have trials and it's, I, I was thinking about it today. I was thinking about the categories. that, that You got the tornado, you got the F1. You're pretty safe, but it's still scary. And you got the F2, you got the F3, F4, F5, and it gets worse as it goes on. I'd call this an F5. 
And we can't, uh, you got to imagine. I want, I want us all to imagine what would be going on. What if, what if in the United States, uh, the president said, I want everybody to worship this image, and if you don't, you'll be put in a fiery furnace. How many people would worship? Let me ask you this, how many people would actually say, no, I'm not going to worship that God. That's not God. <clears throat> We have things that go on in our life that we don't understand why, but God does. God understands why these things happen. And aren't you glad that God gave them enough faith? I believe that. And I was talking about that earlier. God gave them enough faith to trust in Him. And God will never put you in something that He knows you can't handle. He'll actually put you in something that you know you can't handle, but He'll know that you'll call on Him, and then that's, what he, that's when He uses you. And let me say this, in my worst days, the worst days that I ever had, I find out that that's when I praise God the most, and that's when I come to God the most. And what God wants us to do is He wants us to serve Him. He wants us to follow His way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See in Jesus in your trial. Every Christian can know what it takes for sinners to see Jesus in your trial by looking at these things. I don't know about you, but I'm a Christian, and I want sinners to see Jesus in my trials. I want, I want sinners to see Jesus when I go about my day, uh, wherever I may go. I want people to see there's a change, there's something different about this man. And it scares me to see people that are, say that they're Christians and then they go off living in sin and openly living in sin and then they come back to church and you say you're being judgmental. Well, I can't help it, but God said judge all things. And I can't help it. I just want to live for God and I don't want to live in sin. And I don't understand people that do live in sin and then come to church. And let me say this though. If you're a sinner, you can come to church. I've heard people say, well... I don't want the church to burn down on me. <laughs> That's the biggest lie you'll ever hear. That's the biggest lie. It said, for where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And even when I do fall short, I thank God that He is just to forgive us of our sins. <clears throat> but something about a Christian, a real Christian, will say, no, I don't want to do that no more. I want to live for God. Every Christian can know what it takes for sinners to see Jesus in your trial but looking at these things. I first want to say our testimony is important. If you don't have a testimony, you're not going to be able to witness to nobody. I was thinking about this old deacon. When I was working at Columbia County with Brother Johnny, this old deacon, he said... Uh, he talked about everybody. He talked about his pastor, bad about his pastor. He talked bad about his, he talked bad about his family. He talked bad about everybody. He blasphemed God's name. That's not a Christian. That is not a Christian. He blasphemed God's name, and then he tried to talk to me about church, and it grieved me. <clears throat> Testimony is important. I'll say this: God will sometimes put people in your life. And God will put people, uh, things in your life, people in your life. He'll orchestrate things to happen that certain day, that certain time, that certain second. And uh, God will use you as a witness, but you first must have a testimony. 
As Christians, if we have no testimony, then what fruit can we have? That's like a testimony is a big old tree, and you can't have no branches until you have that one tree right there, that testimony. And that's founded on Jesus Christ. But there's some things I see about these men that was different from all other people. The first thing I see about them, let's read this in verse 18. Let's go look back at verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He said, listen, if God wants to, He can do it. He can do it. If God wants to uh, get me out of this situation, if God wants to get you out of this situation, maybe you have a problem at home, maybe you have a struggle that you're going through and nobody else knows about it but you. God can get you out of it. But let's keep on reading. Verse 17, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thy hand, O King. Verse 18, But if not. So, they knew that God can. They trusted that God can. They said, you know what though? Maybe that's not my will. Maybe it's not, maybe that's not God's will, I mean. Maybe that's my will to get out of this. But maybe that's not God's will. Maybe something's going on in your life right now. And uh, you pray that God would get it out of your life. But I see these men, they were selfless. They were selfless. They said, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, even if that means death. Something about a trial, and I listen to this, something about a trial, we live in a cotton candy society. I heard one person say that before. We'll open the door for people, we'll be respectful to people, especially down here in the South, and I think all that stuff is great, but when you find, when you'll really find out who a person is through their trial. You'll find out what that person is really made of in a burning, fiery trial. And I find that these men were selfless. These men knew that this could mean death for them. They knew that this meant uh, this could be death and, and, and what goes on with it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if death is scarier or the way of dying is scarier. I don't know. <laughs> but I know that these, people, these, these men probably were scared. But they were selfless. Because they wanted these sinners to know that there was a God in heaven that was real. And all those little G's that they were serving... Fake. They were willing to go through this to prove their God. Let me ask you, or let me tell you, and ask you, who should we be selfless to? The first thing I see, and it's in this portion of Scripture, we should be selfless to sinners. Um. Sometimes I don't want to do things. I, that's what Paul said. I do things I don't want to do. I don't do what I want to do. And uh, there's sometimes God might lay it on your heart. Say, why don't you go witness to that person? Maybe it's at a gas station. I remember I was having a... I'm not good at illustrations, so I always think of illustrations of me. And, and, uh, I was thinking, though, I, I was having... 
not a bad day. Just I was tired. I just got done working. I went to um, Walmart to go get some groceries. And God said, won't you witness to that person? And that's what sometimes it takes. And that, that's easy. That's easy. But we know how the flesh is. The flesh, you don't want to. You don't want to uh, um, witness sometimes. And that sounds bad, but that's just the truth. Our flesh, and that's, it's just like praying. Some, there's a spiritual warfare. Uh, God wants us to come to Him in fellowship. God wants us to come to Him in, in prayer and reading. And uh, the devil will use our flesh against us. And it's our flesh, and it, it wars against us. And it's going to always war against us. But how selfless are you? Would you go witness to a sinner? You know who else we should be selfless to? Christians. Christians. Even when we have uh, things going on in our life, when we have trials going on in our life, we should be selfless. That's hard. That's hard. I'm guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. I like talking about me. I love talking about me. <laughs> maybe a Christian, one of your brother, brothers, maybe your sister in Christ, they're going through something, they just need a little encouragement. We need to be selfless for their sake. We need to be selfless for sinners. We need to be selfless for Christians. <clears throat> I was thinking about um, my one of my cousins, he died from drowning and the it beat the, my great uncle and his wife. It, 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 it was hard on them. It was their son. And uh, later on down the road, through that fiery trial, God helped them and delivered them out. And then uh, there was a member that lost their son. And my great uncle went up to him and said, I know how that is. Just being selfless. Just being encouragement. Even when you have... See, that, it's easy to be encouragement when you want to. But what about them times when you don't want to? What about them times when you're when you're, you're you don't want to listen anymore? You have you say I have my own problems. I have things that's going on in my own life, and I don't need to hear about your problems. And then God says, "Wait, didn't Jesus wash those disciples' feet? Wasn't he about to die on the cross for all of us, for all of y'all?" And then he was washing the disciples' feet. These men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were selfless. They were willing to be selfless and willing to die just so these people could see Jesus. We should be selfless towards God. What did Jesus say in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but thine be done. That's what Jesus said to God. Jesus came down here to be not only our Savior, but to be an example. To show us what He did, we can do. He said, He that is dead is free from sin. Uh, we're, we're buried, we've, we've resurrected with Christ. <clears throat> and that's what, I, that's what I was talking about, about when, I, when me and Brother Jeffrey were going to college. And, and that's just a little thing, that was just a little trial. There's probably people in here that's had bigger trials. And I ain't belittling that. And I don't even want to belittle this portion of Scripture. This was a big trial. 
but I'm trying to make it applicable for all of us. And I was thinking about that, that little trial. That was a little trial. And uh, I thought, well, God didn't want me to go. If he, he, he sure is throwing a lot of signs at me. But I never asked him. And then I, when I did, I knew it was the will of God. See, sometimes God will, He wants you to do something that you don't want to do. We should be selfless towards God. Say, how can we? Well, we see how Jesus did. Say, well, I'm not Jesus. Well, <laughs> when God sees you, <laughs> He sees the Son of God. And He sees us. He sees a robe of righteousness. That's why I want to live for Him. Because that's why I want to be selfless. Because one day Jesus came by my way. He was selfless. He came by my way and uh, saved me. Selfless. Worrying about others more than themselves. What did Paul say? He said, he, he said that he would condemn him, his own self to go to hell for the Jews' sake. That's what he said. I was thinking about this story. I, I was listening to the radio yesterday, and uh, I didn't listen to all of it, but I heard about a, it was an old story from a long time ago. The guy's name was Mr. Compton. Maybe y'all heard it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I don't remember what station it was on. But it was talking about him, and he had a big old orphanage, and that whole orphanage burnt down. And uh, none of the kids died or anything. And uh, it seemed that, just imagine if you had even 10 kids. If you had one kid and the orphanage fell, broke, burned up, that'd be a trial right there. What do I do? Where do I take this kid? That would be scary. I don't know how many kids. I think they had a good bit. But that orphanage burnt down. And he said, it's okay. He said, it's God's will. He knew that we were praying for a, a three-story orphanage. And, and I was, as I was listening to that story, there was people that were trying to disprove him and say that God ain't going to take care of that. And he was willing to go through that time and just trusting God, being selfless, so them people would see that there is a God. It's hard for people to see Christ when you ain't living for Christ. The second thing I see about these men, they were bold. Verse 18. Let's go back to 17. I like reading 17 too. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. He said, I'm not going to. I am not going to. It don't matter if everybody in this world bows down before this, these gods. I'm not going to. That is boldness. That's something that these men had. They, they said it don't matter if everybody does. You always heard that saying, if, if uh, your friends jumped off a cliff, would you jump off the cliff? And, and that this day and hour we live in now, if the majority believe in it, then it's got to be right. That's what the evolution is, teaching. Evolution and all those other things. I don't, honestly, I don't even think they teach evolution. They have it in the textbook, but they don't even 
I don't even think that's a, a, <laughs> to them a fact. <laughs> but they still put it in the textbook. But um, I was thinking about, I was talking to a couple people yesterday about it, and I decided to look it up for myself on YouTube. They said that brother or Mike Pence was a Christian, and um, I started looking at some YouTube videos, trying to see some things that he might have said. And uh, they were CNN was asking them if he was a if he was a, a Christian, or if he believed in evolution. He said no. He said I believe that there's a God in heaven that created the heavens and the earth. He said. And Jesus Christ saved me too. And I thought that was exciting. <laughs> I thought that was very exciting that we have a vice president that's a Christian. It says he is and, and uh, can only go by a person's words and their fruit. Actually go by their fruit. Jesus cursed that fig tree because it had no fruit. <clears throat> but and Jesus, and the Lord also said that you'll know us by our fruit. But I thought that was neat. That'd be, a, that'd be a hard thing. That would. But how far would you go? How, how far would you be bold? If it meant life or death? What if it just meant persecution? Just, just, just people make fun of you. Maybe at school. Maybe at work. You ever heard somebody say something? You ever heard uh, somebody see somebody do something that just wasn't just wasn't right, and then they come up and ask you and say, "What do you think about this? Do you give in or are you bold?" Aren't you glad we have the Word of God? Anything that any question that could ever be asked is found in this, and uh, and uh, I was. I was thinking about this the other day. Where, um, I thought that was neat. Even <laughs> I was thinking about alcohol. People were saying uh, a lot of that's controversial. And uh, aren't you glad that we have a Bible that will give us answers? That's what I want to ask you tonight. Where's your boldness? Do you have boldness? If everybody else did it, would you do it? These men said, we're not going to. I don't even think they blinked when they said that. I can imagine right now, I bet they said it with a little bit of unction, too. They said, no. Mm -mm. Not going to. That ain't right. That ain't right. I've heard that preached before. That ain't right. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to listen to that. I ain't going to look at that. I'm not going to go there. It ain't right. Boldness. I believe in Ephesians it says um, not to be tossed to and fro by every false doctrine. A lot of people have all different kinds of versions. One day I asked God, I said, God, I believe this because I've seen your power. I said, but show me. Give me scripture. Help me. Help me. Show me personally so I can be bold toward this. So I will never, ever decide to go another direction and maybe you have some questions maybe you, there's something in your life that you're not really sure about why don't you ask God about it the longer I live for God too the longer you'll live for God
He'll give you more boldness. Where should we be bold? Well, like I said it before, we should be bold at our job. There's many. We should be bold everywhere. I'm just, I'm just picking some things out. We should be bold at our job. We should be bold at church. We should be bold at church. That doesn't mean, when I say that, it doesn't mean go yelling at people. Just be an encouragement. Maybe a Christian is a, a, a babe in Christ. Maybe he or she's a babe in Christ and she needs some guidance and he needs some guidance. And uh, they do something wrong. You don't have to be mean to them. Just be bold. Say, that's not right. You shouldn't say that. And then they'll be like, why? Say, well, it says in here in this, in this portion of Scripture that that's not right. I found out you can rebuke somebody in a nice way. You can. People take that rebuke and they say, oh, no, I can't take that. I can't take that. I, I'm like that. I'm like, Mm-mm, don't rebuke me. <laughs> don't rebuke me. But you know what? Start thinking about it. No, I needed it. I needed that. And what I can do is I can get this fixed and make this better, or I can just be bitter about that person. I realize that. These men were bold. These men said, we're not going to. What would have happened? I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar or anybody got saved through this portion of Scripture, but what if they decided not to get to be bold? What if they decided they're not going with God? And they'll worship this image. I don't know if Nebuchadnezzar got saved, but it sounds like he could have. <laughs> he said, uh, well, I say that. He knew who God was. He's seen the Son of God because these men were bold. <clears throat> and that's the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I don't. I say this, family. You should be bold in your house. You have convictions. Say, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. There should be limits. Uh, People always say, well, that's not freedom. Uh, Well, it is freedom. Um, Most of the things I struggle with is because I decided to do those things. And uh, I found out he that is dead is freed from sin. And and, uh, I thank God that I am dead in Christ and I've been resurrected. Uh, through Christ, I became a new creature. And um, that will that's what God will do in your heart. The Holy Spirit came into your heart if you got saved. He came into your heart and He convicts you about things. And He'll show you what's right and what's wrong. And uh, we shouldn't allow some things in our home. We should be bold about things. <clears throat> Consider see Jesus in your fiery trial. Let's look at this last point. At first, I seen that there was a selfless, uh, selflessness that they had about them. They had a boldness about them. Then I see, lastly, they had a sincerity. Let's look at verse 18. You're like, why do we read the whole chapter? <laughs> We've been in verse 18 the whole time. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I see two things about that verse, and I already preached one of them. There was a boldness, but there was a sincerity that these men had. 
Listen, you will, <laughs> you'll never stick with anything unless you have sincerity. Um, I love golfing, <laughs> and I stink at golfing, but I keep on going golfing <laughs> just because I'm sincere towards it. But let me ask you this, how sincere are you towards God? How far will you go with God? If, is, there, is there a limit? You, I've heard people say this, I would go with God unless this happened. What did Jacob say? He said, God, I will serve you if you'll do this. These men were sincere. They believed it. They preached it. They lived by it. These men didn't want to sin against God. They said, yeah, there's, there's this fiery furnace. <clears throat> That's a big trial right there. I don't know if I can handle that. But there's a God in heaven that will give me faith. There's a God in heaven that will protect me. And it might not be in this world. I might die. He said, but if not. He believed God could do it. They, both, they all believed that God could do it. God, you're still worthy. You're still worthy. And I'm going to keep on going with you. <clears throat> Why? Why? What would make a man be that sincere? And I started thinking about that. And then I started getting personal. I was thinking, God, I would want to do that. If I was ever, I hope I'm not, but if I was ever in any kind of trial, God, I want to be faithful. That's why I see, because God is faithful. God is faithful. God is very faithful. He'll take care of you. I find that I found that to be true, and uh, I thank God for those those. If they were just little trials in my life, and uh, there, I no doubt there's people that's faced way bigger trials than I have. F five tornadoes. And, uh, but I, I thank God those, those little trials that I thought were going to kill me because I found out that God is bigger than what I even thought. In those trials, that's where you, you go crawling back to God. I'm going to be honest with you. When I first came down here, I said, I've heard preachers say it my whole life. They said, man, they, something about when you're on top of the mountain... It's harder to. It's harder for to, to pray. You, you get so accustomed to how your lifestyle is. Your everything's going great. You don't pray no more for those things. And I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to make sure I do it all. But what it came down to is, I do have a hard time in those those hard those t- high mountains when I'm lifted up and when I'm up on the top of the mountain. Everything's going good. Everything's going great. I find that in my own life, my own personal life. I neglect those important things like fellowship with God, reading. But then I remember those, those down times my brother Josh preached on. Those times when you're down low in a valley, that's when you come back to God and say, God, please help me, God, and I love you. Glory to God. I thank you for all that you've done. And that's when you start praising them. <laughs> I remember going down from the road in college. I, <laughs> I, I was... I was, uh, heading, I was having a hard day, just a long day. I was just tired. <clears throat> it wasn't no big trial or nothing. But I was thinking about it. I was coming back. When college ends, it's at 10 o'clock at night when it ends. 
And most people have to work on Tuesdays, and I was just tired. And, but God, I was struggling that day, and I went to college, and, and the Lord fed me. God helped me so much. And, and uh, I was driving back, and I was so happy. I was shouting, praising God. And I remember it was about 12 o'clock. I was down the road, and I seen these people. They were working outside. And uh, I didn't know if I was more scared or they were more scared. Because <laughs> I stopped in the middle of the road, and I said, Hey, y'all know Jesus? And I don't know what I said, but I, and, uh, I beat myself up over that. But I, I'll say this, it never goes void. And they might have been talking about the Lord right then and there. And uh, I just thought, <clears throat> I was just thinking about those times. And I was just thinking about that sincerity. And it's easy to come to church. It's easy to come to church and, 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 and go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday and and then we take for granted for what God is really doing in our lives and what God is doing in our church and in our pastor. And, and, I, and we, we get callous towards that. And I have to give myself a checkup. Say, Lord, I can't, I don't, don't let me ever forget what you did for me. That's why I want to do anything you ever call me to do. Anything you ever want me to do. I want to do just because you've done it for me. There was a sincerity because God is faithful. There was a sincerity because God is the best friend that you could ever have. They knew that they could have won these kings. They were, they were in high place. If you'll read before, these, these men were, they were promoted. <clears throat> they were promoted and, uh, and they were in a higher place in authority. And they were probably friends with these people. They said, you know what? I sure do like y'all, but God's been a good friend to me. And not only a friend, not only faithful, but God is full of mercy. And what it comes down to, we all deserve that fire in our own lives. But aren't you glad that Jesus died for you? And I, I don't do what Peter says. He said, God, I will not betray you. I will not forsake you. I'm going all the way to the cross. I'd even die for your sake. And then Jesus said, no, you're going to betray me. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to betray me. That's it. <clears throat> and then Jesus comes back over, uh, maybe a chapter or two later, and Peter's fishing again. Back to where he was, I think a little bit worse, because he didn't have any clothes on. And then Jesus comes back and says, follow me. It's because Jesus is a good friend and He's full of mercy. We don't deserve anything from Him. Miss Brittany, would you come up to the piano and play softly? I think about Joseph.